Welcome to Voices from the Street, the radio ministry of the Sacramento Union Gospel Mission. Prepare your heart for laughter and tears as we share the unpolished stories of the homeless and hurting, hope and transformation. Here's your host, director of the Union Gospel Mission, Pastor Tim Lane. You know what, guys? Uh, One of our primary problems in our country and in the world is the fact that so many of us seek happiness and we wind up seeking it like the old movie said, in all the wrong places. We try to become happy with houses and cars and, and with people sometimes, and we forget that our true happiness, our true joy can only come through Jesus Christ if we are believers. If you're not a believer, it's still true. You, you're not going to find the happiness that you think that you are looking for anywhere else excepting in the love of Christ. There are people that, uh, that live every day, and like Psalm 73 says, you know, I look to these people, they're, they're sleek, they, they have all they want. I'm paraphrasing, but they have all they want, all they need. And this poor psalmist is just distraught. And then comes that, th- that little phrase and the transition when he says, until I walked into the temple of God or the house of God and I saw the end of those who, who didn't follow Christ. Who, well, it wasn't Christ at the time, but they said God. And so it is the same way with us. When we are beaten and broken, when we seem to have lost and things look physically bleak or whatever the case might be, and we look around us and we see other people prospering, and they don't love the Lord, they don't care about the things of God, and it looks like, you know, the psalmist said, you know, I've done all this and and I did it for nothing. No, brothers and sisters, you didn't do it for nothing. The end of all flesh that does not know Christ is separation from God, outer darkness, hell. And those that are in Christ, and I have said it a hundred times at the mission, and I hear other people say it too, that I'll look out into the crowd when I would preach down there at night and I would look at every eye so that they knew, and I could tell them, I've seen every single eye in this church. I, I mean, in this mission, I have looked at every single one of you sitting there today, and I can tell you, there's none of you out there I would be ashamed to walk in to the gates of heaven with. And that there's only two types of people, the lost and those that are saved from eternal darkness. And that if you're a believer out there today, and you are suffering, you're out on the street maybe, and you, you're or you've suffered a great loss, remember this is the only hell that you are ever going to know if you are a believer, and then heaven. On the other hand, if you are an unbeliever and you have determined to reject Christ to the very end, then yes, have a good time out there because this is the only heaven you're going to know and then an eternity separated from God. The choice for me is pretty easy. I, I, I don't know what tomorrow holds. I don't know what the future holds. 
in the last five years, there's been so many changes uh, I didn't necessarily see coming. But here's the deal. The one constant is the one God who doesn't change. The word is immutable. God does not change. He has given us his promise of eternal salvation, that we can't be lost, and that he will be with us even to the end of the age. So take heart, believer, and take the warning, unbeliever. So I have Eileen Trussell back with me from last week. Say hello to everybody, Eileen. Hello, everybody. And uh, there's exciting things going on. We talked a little bit last week about the women's uh, ministries that we're trying to expand to. There's a couple other kind of exciting things going on. Uh, You want to maybe illuminate us a little bit? Sure. Well, we are about to close escrow on a house that we are purchasing that is much nicer and bigger and a really great location for the men's transitional home. That's correct. And and <laughs> so uh, the whole idea of the transition house, which I believe they're going to call it redemption house. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Yep. Uh, the whole idea for this is what? What is the idea of having? Is it just okay, they graduated, uh, let them have a place to hang around until they find their own place. What's what's the idea of Redemption House? What I have discovered uh, working at the mission for about 12 years is how much uh, we do. I'm talking about the chaplains, the staff who are involved with the Men's New Life Program. When a man really wants to change his life and he joins our 10-month program, it's, you know, they live there. All their, I, I'm making a long story here. No, it's fine. Okay. So they join the program free of charge. They have uh, a place to, to live. All their needs are provided for uh, clothing, food, uh, a lot of little incidental things. If they need medical care, if they're not covered, we help them with that. Um, And then they're in class twice a day, four days a week. They have one-on-one counseling, biblical counseling with the chaplains. They have uh, their own homework to study the Word of God and to grow in the Word of God and to be discipled in the Word of God. They are, like, really embraced for those who want it. Right, it, it's hard work. They they have all certain jobs at the mission. Some work in the kitchen. Our kitchen manager Tim Trum, he's awesome. He first of all, he does a really great job preparing the food and, yeah, the, and making some really great food and nutritious, you know, well balanced on food. But then also, like the, these men are learning how to even cut beef and, and vegetables, and they're learning how to work in the kitchen for, you know, even when they have their own place or some go on to, you know, culinary school or, or a job at a, a restaurant. Sure. Anyway, to keep going, so we have a fitness program with Eric Rios. Who's how a did fitness. that happen? Right? That was really fun. Yeah. What? What? It's been about four years. Yeah, I would say that. And and Eric, who's a CrossFit instructor. Yes. You know he puts all of us to shame at the mission, right? <laughs> and he he came to the mission to bring fitness to the program because mm-hmm. 
We had this joke. Was it a uh, man averaged the mission 40? Yeah, we called it the mission 40. You come in at 160 pounds, and, and by the time you've been there five months, you're 210, <laughs> well, 200 pounds, right? Right, yeah. So, Not good. So right. we, we have uh, just great uh, thought behind all this is, you know, we when they come from horrible uh, lifestyle of drug or alcohol use or being on the streets or not working much, they, they've not only destroyed their, their heart, their mind, um, but their body. Mm-hmm. And now, now we've got that to, for them to get help with feeling better physically. When you feel better physically, you're going to feel better mentally. You're, you're able to do so much more altogether, right, with your life. So all this is great. They graduate. Now they've been, uh, let's say they were from prison. They were homeless. They're in our 10-month program. How easy is it going to be for them to get a job, get a place to live, you know, to um, make ends meet? A lot of times they can't go back to their home of uh, families. And so that's what this At least not right away. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. Which the men will, our chaplains will even help them reconcile with their families, with their driver's uh, records uh, to get their license back. Whatever it takes, uh, the education, if they need a, a GED or, or college, um, you know, just a trucking school, you know, uh, so many things that we'll do. So that's what this transitional home is for, is that we will even go to extremes of what will it take for you to be comfortable in your life, that you're doing well uh, with work, school, a place to live financially, and most importantly, Pastor Tim, being discipled in the Word of God. Grow. In the Word of God. Oh, absolutely. There's no doubt about the fact that that we need to equip them with the Word of God. I wanted to ask you, uh, you had mentioned the fact that sometimes they can't go back to their families. And it might be easy for us to say, well, okay, they're off drugs and alcohol. The family needs to, to embrace them again. Is that all the family's fault? No. No. Most of the time, they burned a lot of bridges for many years, made empty promises or promises they couldn't keep. Uh, They've done some really bad choices, bad decisions. Um, Sin causes death. Sin does cause death. And death in relationships, right? Well, when you uh, say you're okay and then you're not, you use and abuse them again and again. It's very difficult for a family to to say, okay, what's different this time about it? But can that happen? Absolutely, and we've seen it. Oh, Nacho and his wife. Yeah. He graduated about three years ago. Yeah, his real name was Antanasio. He was on the radio here. Yeah, he on was his- on the radio, and he... Uh, but his nickname that he likes to be called is Nacho. Well, he, we we all really loved Nacho. And, oh, yeah. And his wife, 
and on, and they came by the other day they on did. their way to Montana. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I loved what he said to me one time. He likes to help the homeless because he sold drugs and did all that kind of stuff, and he he hurt so many people. Now he felt like in Christ he can give back to people. And so I think even in Montana, he's planning on doing something with recovery or something yeah. like that. Yeah, well, he knows a relative. I'm not too sure. Something like that, mm-hmm. yeah. Yep. And so, and we see that. We see families restored. Look at Willie, who works for us at the mission. You know, out there running and gunning, or what well, we would say he was out there using and abusing and all those kind of things, and uh, didn't have uh contact a lot of times with his kids, came to the mission, first time didn't work out right, he came back, he left the mission, and then he came back. That second time, he took it super seriously. He came through to the other side. He was so conscientious that he now has full custody of his children. For years now. Yes. Raising his children. And he works for us now. <clears throat> he's the night cook, and he, I just love Willie. He's just such a beautiful-hearted man, godly man, mm-hmm. um, kind, so kind. If you ever volunteer at nighttime, uh, you'll have met him. Just a sweet man, and uh, and he loves his children. It's just a wonderful thing to see. He certainly loves his kids, and he does a lot for them. And I think one of the things that that I am particularly impressed with him is that although he loves his kids and he's he's fair with them, he's not a milk toast and a pushover because of his past. If they schoolwork isn't going right, there is consequences, television or whatever the case is. So it's that that's that's exactly how God treats us. Once you're his kid, he's not throwing you back out in the street or anything, but you might want to correct your attitude on something, right? Oh, yes. Obedience is a good thing for us because God only asks us to be obedient for our own good. Uh, that's right. And uh, and he loves us. He loves us uh, unconditionally. Just like we love our kids unconditionally. It doesn't mean we're always happy with them, though, right? No, but we do love them. <laughs> no, and see, you have two daughters, and of course they were perfect all the time and never <laughs> did anything wrong growing up, right? Ah, they killed some daisies. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was the same way with my kids. They they did things. I mean, they weren't they weren't out robbing banks, but still Everybody does something, and everybody Every bucks authority, right? <laughs> we can't avoid sin. It's we're until we're we get to heaven, you know. But He shall complete us, right, until the day of Jesus Christ. Yeah, even though I am in Christ Jesus, I still spend a significant amount of time over the my walk with Christ, hiding in the garden from God. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we, I I have felt ashamed of the sins I've made, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, but His grace is is abundant. His mercy is is just so gracious as well. And <laughs> and uh, and 
you know, the process of sanctification, we're all, we're all going through that, but, uh, but because of his love, his grace is sufficient. Kind of hurts sometimes, though, doesn't it? Does. It does. Stretching is hard. Being stretched, but we, you know, we get stretched so that the, at the end of it, we, we're growing towards him to be more like him. Sure, and we have rules that have to be adhered to at the mission, too. But again, it's not because you have to do it my way. It's because there there needs to be understood that there are consequences for bad actions. And those are not made to destroy you, but to draw you back, right? Well, you know, I think of uh, an undisciplined child We've all seen them in the mm-hmm. restaurant, the temper tantrum, throwing the food around, right. and uh, no one likes being around an undisciplined child. The undisciplined child can grow up without any uh, boundaries of, of what not to do and can turn into a big mess themselves. Um, discipline is good. It's good for, for God's glory and ourselves. And uh, none of us came to Christ and walked perfectly ever since, right? (laughs) Yeah. There's a misconception that you can reach sinless perfection. Well, I've never met that person. No. Mm -mm. I know there was one, but— Jesus Christ. He was the only one. If you've reached sinless perfection, then— you, you might have to go up and say, move over, there's two of us. <laughs> but I can guarantee you, if you think that, you already sinned by thinking you're perfect, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. It's like that old thing about, well, I don't want to go to the churches because they're filled with hypocrites. Okay, well, I just want to warn you, when you find that perfect church without a hypocrite and you join, there'll be one, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so— uh, so some of the other things that are done uh, at the mission is after a person graduates or even before they graduate, as you pointed out earlier, uh, Eric Rios, our aftercare chaplain, he tries to help them with paperwork, things that are going. But many of our staff actually take guys to church too, right? Yes. So that is very, very important. Um, we've seen it many times when a man graduates and he thinks he's doing well and he tries to find a church. But, you know, for these men, it, I don't know if you remember, but even for myself, joining, starting a new church and entering those doors and meeting you know, new people is not easy. It's uncomfortable. And uh, so for the men, they already have... Um, some fears of what people might think about them, even if no one knows, it's in their own minds. And it's just, sure. it's not normal for them. So many haven't been in church ever. So we are embracing, uh, we have some wonderful churches that want to embrace the men and and bring them along because we have seen the men who think they're fine and don't join a church are the ones that can become that lost sheep, and, and they're hard to come back. Yep, uh, it's exactly correct. I mean, even myself, 
You know, I uh, pastored a church for 22 years, and I will be going somewhere to church. I'm not going to pastor, but the bottom line comes down to that we know what church is like. We know what it's about. The guys who may have never even set foot in a church, like you said, they don't know what to expect. I've had guys say things like, well, do I have to do I have to let somebody know ahead of time I want to come? And heaven forbid that a church would be so so regimented that you had to make an appointment to come to church. Yeah, no. But yeah, and that sounds ridiculous right, to us. Yeah. But it doesn't sound ridiculous to them. They don't know, can I just walk in? And it's not just going on a Sunday. Right. Uh, we consider getting becoming a member of a church or just in the, in the purpose of being plugged in, right? Just being part of the church is just as essential as being sober-minded. Yes. You, you can't, it, it is their lifeblood for all of us because- For all of us, yes. God, God commanded for us to worship him corporately, mm-hmm. to, to be the church. Uh, because he knows we we can't do this alone. We need each other. It, it's already hard enough life for people who don't struggle with those major addictions, but there's still always, like we just talked about, the sin issues that can cause us to trip and fall and stumble and why we need each other to walk through difficulties of life and, and uh, even just walk through the joys of life with too, right? Absolutely. It's it's hard to walk through life by yourself and a church home. And, you know, that isn't a suggestion, by the way. There are things in the Bible that are imperatives. This, is me, this means that God is telling you you have to do it. And it clearly says, forsake yourself, not the assembling one with another, as it is the habit of some to do. You don't just go on holidays, and you just don't go when you feel like it. And uh, you know, I got up this morning. There's a couple of raindrops out there. I don't want to do that. No, no. You need to make that a commitment in your life. They need to be committed to you, and you need to be committed to them. And uh, so that's where a lot of people miss out, and that's where some of our guys wind up relapsing is because they fail to do that. Mm-hmm. So we want to take them into Redemption House, continue that, turn over their discipleship to a healthy, well-balanced, Bible-believing church to carry on that function of discipling somebody. We mm-hmm. all need to be discipled. And so uh, I think that, uh, I think that uh, the Union Gospel Mission, we're not perfect in any way, but guess what? We're certainly better than most of the places that you would call recovery. We lean not on our own understanding, but on God. And we seek all the time to understand him. So uh, we, we don't have long left. Matter of fact, just one minute. So no 30 seconds. Anything <laughs> you'd like to say before you go? Just uh, very exciting. We have needs. Um, if you feel led to support the Union Gospel Mission, go to our website, ugmsac.com. 
And until we meet again, my dear friends, as always, may God hold you in the palm of his hand. You've been listening to Voices from the Street, the radio ministry of the Sacramento Union Gospel Mission. If your heart's been touched and you want to know more about the work of the mission, log on to UGMSAC.com, UGMSAC.com. To donate clothing, food, time, or financial help, call 916-447-3268, 916-447-3268. Thank you so much for listening. Join us again next week at the same time for Voices from the Street.